Welcome to the Sober Plug Podcast, where I get you disconnected from addiction and plugged into recovery. I'm your host, Connor Duffy. If you need help getting sober, you need help with addiction, you can reach out to my direct line. That is 203-917-8862. Again, that is 203-917-8862. What I want to talk to you about today is basically the dead giveaway that you are an addict or an alcoholic. And for me, one of the dead giveaways is once you start you have trouble stopping, or it's just simply not possible to stop. Um, even if you somehow manage to force yourself or you're in a position where you cannot continue drinking or you can't continue using, it might be on your mind. Um, and it's the only thing that you can crave, desire, or think about. This is a telltale sign. This really separates uh, a lot of people who are um, recreational users or casual users, casual drinkers from the alcoholic or the addict. It's once they start, once you start drinking, once you start using, you find that you cannot stop. You know, and this is a really, really important component to addiction. Um, you know, I will say it's not the only component, right? Um, there are people that go on binges and might not drink every day or, or, uh, go on binges to use and might not use every single day, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be a daily consumption, but in a really, a really important piece here is what happens in the mind once you start, you know what I mean? And it's almost like if you're trying to explain it to somebody who has never struggled with addiction or alcoholism, it's an unquenchable thirst. It's once you start, it's like you continue the, the thirst of drinking or the thirst of using just does not stop. You know what I mean? You might have ideas of having one or two or, or three, but once you start, you find that one, two, and three feels good, but four, five, and six feels even better. And then seven, eight, nine is even better from there and so on and so forth. And it doesn't necessarily have to be this way from the beginning. You know what I'm saying? When you first start using, it can be recreational and maybe it's not on your mind all the time. You know what I'm saying? And when you start drinking, uh, you might be the type of individual that can have a drink or two here and there, but, but somewhere along the line, uh, or I should say somewhere along our path, we cross this line. Um, and for others like myself, I mean, it was very prevalent early on, you know what I'm saying? Uh, pretty much when I started smoking weed, uh, you know, at nine, 10 years old, I loved it. I knew immediately that um, it it was something that I desired. It was something that I wanted, and I knew that maybe I wouldn't be able to smoke every day or use every day. But um, I would try as best as I possibly could at every opportunity. You know what I mean? So um, everybody's different. And here's something you need to think about too: as our lives change, and as we go through different experiences, and um, you know, go through different events, sometimes the addiction does not become obvious or it doesn't become prevalent at all until we go through some shit, you know what I mean? Because the truth of the matter is uh, trauma and pain is the root cause of addiction, you know what I'm saying? And, and that pain and trauma looks different for everybody. It could be a divorce, it could be childhood trauma, it could be 
inner turmoil that is traumatic to self, where you just don't feel comfortable in your own skin, where you're getting bullied at school and you feel a certain way about yourself and you have a certain image of yourself. That in itself is very painful. That in itself is very traumatic and using alleviates that for a lot of people. So there are instances where you might be a casual drinker where it's clearly not an issue. You know what I mean? And you can knock a few back and, and enjoy uh, a few drinks out to dinner and you know, it not be a problem. However, you might go through an event in life that is very, very painful and all of a sudden you find that alcohol or drugs alleviates that pain. It is the solution that is opportunistic and comes up at the wrong place at the wrong time sort of thing. You know what I'm saying? So it's not cut and dry. And you could try to have certain frameworks and definitions and, you know, this, that, and the third. But I truly believe that, you know, addiction can look different for everybody. Um, and again, you know, this episode right here is a perfect example of that. Like this is one example, you know what I'm saying? Um, of once you start, you cannot stop. This is an obvious sign, but it's not the only sign. You know what I mean? There are functioning alcoholics that can, um, you know, there's functioning addicts and alcoholics that can almost limit their using in certain times and can kind of pick up at another time and compartmentalize their life and their responsibilities. But the point that I'm getting at here is what happens inside of the mind. This is a very important piece. You know what I'm saying? Externally, you might even control your drinking. You might control your using because like I said, uh, it might not be the most opportune time, you know, and you might compartmentalize uh, different areas of your life. However, what is happening mentally? How do you think once you put a drink or a drug in your body? What is happening inside the mind? And does it almost feel like there is this unquenchable thirst? Does it, are you looking forward to the next one? Are you constantly looking forward to the next bag? Or if you can get away from family for a couple hours to, to be able to drink more or use more? Or do you want to avoid certain situations so you can use in peace? You know what I mean? All of these things are very important. It's what happens inside of our brain. You know what I mean? We react differently mentally to substances than people who are not addicts and not alcoholics. You know what I mean? And this is why it's very important to be able to relate to others who are in sobriety, um, or I should say who are already in recovery, um, who already have a history of addiction because we can relate to one another. We are uniquely qualified to give advice because we know what that feels like. You know what I'm saying? You know... When someone has been through addiction, you guys already share experiences that you don't even have to share with one another. You don't even have to talk about. And you know that certain things are on the same page. It's a very unique type of um, bond that a lot of people can't relate to. You know what I'm saying? Um, so this is why when people get sober, a lot of times we want to give it away. We want to give it away to others. And there's a reason for that. It makes us feel good. And it makes us feel good about our recovery and passing the torch, so to speak, on to other people that clearly need it. You know what I'm saying? And so if you 
are questioning whether you're an addict or an alcoholic or, you know, if you find yourself telling yourself, oh, it'll be different this time, um, you know, I, I, think I, I think I was immature or I think I can handle it differently. I was just in a different place in my life. This is something you really got to think about. Look at your track record. Be fucking honest with yourself. Don't try to fool yourself here because you're your uh, addict brain, your the addiction part of your brain will try to convince you that it's not an issue, even though we know that it clearly is, right? It's kind of like looking at a glass of poison and trying to convince yourself that it's not going to harm you. Who the fuck would drink poison willingly knowing that it's going to possibly kill them? You know what I mean? And this is essentially what drugs are to us, of course. It makes us feel a certain way. So it is alluring. It, it makes itself seem appealing. You know what I mean? And, but the truth of the matter is it's poison to us. It's poison to our soul. You know what I mean? It's poison to our, our mental, emotional, and physical state, our spiritual state. It's very, very easy to say, well, I'm just going to have one or two, or I'm just going to have a couple and then go home. And before you know it, you're off to the races. You know what I mean? So ask yourself, do you find yourself in these situations? Have you told yourself, I'm just going to have one or two, and then you don't get, end up getting home. Uh, you don't end up even leaving the bar until 2 a.m. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's, it's very, very important to be honest with self. It's very important to um, understand that your addict thinking is actually working against you, but it's in your own voice. And this is very important to realize. The voice that's in our head sounds like our own voice. We rationalize, we justify, we manipulate our own way of thinking. We are master manipulators and sometimes we're so good at it, we don't even know we're doing it to ourselves. That's a fucking pretty scary thought. You know what I mean? Imagine if you had someone in your corner, and I'm sure a lot of us have had this experience. Someone's in your corner that is uh, a friend, so to speak, and yet they really have the worst intentions for you, and everything that they say and do and behave and, and uh, mention to you is actually for their own benefit, and it's for your own harm. That is essentially what addiction is. That is essentially what is happening in our mind at all times when we're when we're having cravings when we're struggling to to stay sober or we're just in the cycle of addiction this speech this voice is constantly going and it's exhausting because eventually if we don't have the right support system if we don't have the right network if we don't have the right outlets or coping mechanisms we will fall short to that voice it will win because it's fucking relentless it's relentless if we don't know why we think the way that we do. If we don't pop the hood, so to speak, and figure out what's going on underneath the surface and, uh, you know, understand the history of our, of our thinking and our self-talk and the reasons why we use it. If we don't figure that type of stuff out, it's almost a matter of time before we, we use and pick up. Or we go to a different vice. We go to a different... Uh, addiction, whether that looked like gambling, whether that looked like over, uh, overeating, whether that looked like excessive shopping, you name it, uh, porn, sex addiction, um, whatever gives off dopamine can become uh, an addiction to us. And it doesn't mean that we can't enjoy the pleasures of life. You know what I mean? Of course, like 
it doesn't mean you have to stay away from these things. It just means that we need to be very, very aware of how our brain operates. You know what I'm saying? Because if we aren't, we end up going down a different path. If we take care of the addiction, but we don't actually figure out what's going on underneath the hood, we can fall right into another addiction and not even know it. This is what happened with me with the gambling. It happened so quickly, it would make your fucking head spin. You know, I was about six months sober. Uh, actually, no, I think it was a little bit more than that. I, I think I had closer to a year. And, um, you know, just one day I was at work and I, life was good. Things were going really great in my first year. And um, a friend of mine at, at work said, hey, you know, have you ever, have you ever placed a bet on a game? Uh, have you ever done any sports betting? And I had not. Now, to, to back up a little bit, I did have a history of gambling when I was in high school, um, but my drug addiction was so bad that you know, I wasn't really thinking about all that. But, I, but when I look back, I did have a gambling addiction in high school, no doubt about it. I mean, I was constantly playing CeeLo uh, in the bathroom at school or at parties. I was always playing dice. Um, you know, I used to play... I used to play basketball for money and not just like, you know, pickup games, but like shot for shot with, with my friends. Like we would play basketball uh, and I'm not talking like, you know, a dollar here, a dollar there. It was actually significant amounts of money. You know what I'm saying? Especially for a 17, 18 year old kid who was selling weed and kind of living life on my terms and how I wanted to live it. I mean, we had plenty of money and excess and, and, you know, gambling was just another dopamine rush for us and on top of the drugs, you know, so it was prevalent in my life. Um, and I didn't really take a look at that when I got sober. It wasn't really something that was on my mind. So fast forward here when I was about a year clean and I got offered an opportunity to put some money on some sports, sports betting. Um, I love sports. Sports has been a, a sports was the first love of my life. You know what I'm saying? I, that was my first dopamine rush. You know what I mean? I've always loved sports, baseball, basketball, football. Um, now I really love the UFC. You know, it's just always been a part of what I did. I was always playing sports. I was always shooting hoops and uh, I love pitching. I still go to Mets games today. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's always been a big part of my life. So when it got introduced to me at work, I just was like, yeah, fuck it. Like, why not? You know what I mean? Of course. Like, sure. Hey, let's go for it. And uh, I'll never forget it. I placed my first six bets on football and I won each and every bet. And that was the worst thing that could have happened to me. Or now looking back, it could have been the best thing because it really made me realize a lot about addiction as a whole, not just gambling specifically, but the addictive mindset. I learned a lot from gambling. I really, really did. It caused a lot of pain. It caused a lot of torment. But to get to my point here, um, you know, it was, it was a string of bets that I had won in a row. And it was like, I fell in love with another drug. You know what I mean? And, um, it just started with one, you know what I mean? And to my point, I have an addictive personality. So to the point of the, the episode that I'm giving you here, it just took one bet, you know what I mean? And I wasn't even aware of this addiction, so to speak, that was like laying dormant in my mind, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm just a dopamine junkie. <laughs> Let's just call it what it is. I'm very aware of this now, but, and I use it to my advantage today, right? Of 
doing things that are positive, like building my business and, and um, helping others and uh, self-development and growing, right? And, and, you know, so there's things that you can do to use it to your advantage, but when you're just not aware of certain things, uh, you know, disaster can strike at any time. So um, long story short, I really went through the ringer uh, with gambling. It became so obvious so early on that I had a gambling problem. Now that I look back, I mean, you know, I think I won 300 bucks my first week and then I lost 600 the following week and then I lost 600 again. Mind you, I was 20 years old at the time, maybe 21, and I was not making a lot of money at all. I mean, I was making like 500 bucks a week, you know what I'm saying? And um, I was in no position to be losing money or to even, you know, be gambling or anything like that. But it was so clear early on that it was an issue, you know what I'm saying? And my, my brain lit up and I loved sports. I loved making money. It was a marriage waiting to happen. And um, I went balls to the wall, you know what I'm saying? From there on out for essentially the next four or five years, gambling became a very, very big part of my life. Um, not just with the sports, I mean, you name it, it just got so out of control. Uh, sports betting, uh, poker games, I would go to the casinos, I would go to Mohegan Sun, um, I would go to underground casinos in New York City on a, on a weekly, uh, home, I mean, almost daily basis, you know what I mean? There would be times where I would drive down to the city you know, four or five nights out of the week, you know what I'm saying? Having, having work the next day or the next morning and, and really putting myself in bad spots, bad positions. And I'm not just talking financially. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, it just took over my life. You know what I'm saying? And it's, and I've so many times I, this is the crazy thing about addiction. I was so aware of what addiction looked like um, clearly from my drug addiction and how bad things got. And I still had this way of justifying my gambling because I wasn't using drugs. You know what I'm saying? And I, ha I had this badge of honor. Like I had, you know, two years clean, three years sober, uh, four years and so on. Right. And it made it okay in my head that what I was doing was acceptable. And what I was doing was just as disastrous and just as um, detrimental to my spirit than the drugs were. It was the same shit. There was no difference. I mean, really, I hit bottoms in my gambling that I didn't even hit in my drug addiction. Just the way, the way it made me feel emotionally and mentally was, uh, it was torturous. You know, it really was. And I just could not get out of my own way. You know what I'm saying? So... So many times I found myself saying, well, this is just going to be the last one. This is just going to be, um, you know, the last night of gambling or I'd find myself in a, in a hole, in a gambling hole, right? And I'd be in all this debt and I'd be like, well, if I could just win this debt back, you know what I'm saying? If I could just win one more week, <laughs> like it was just this fucking madness this cycle of madness, very, very powerful, powerful drug. 
is gambling is. You know what I'm saying? So this is why people get caught up on a lot, right? When it comes to addiction, there's just so many nuances. There's so much at stake. Or I shouldn't even say at stake. There's just so much that comes into play here. It doesn't even need to be a daily thing. It doesn't need to be um, an everyday occurrence. It's just what happens when you start. You know what I'm saying? Can you pick up a drink casually and not think about it for the next hour? You know what I mean? Is that possible? Can you, uh, you know, smoke a joint and that just be it for a week? You know what I mean? Or is it something that once you start, you really have a, a difficulty of stopping? You know, so that's one criteria. And I have experienced this in my drug addiction. I have definitely experienced this in my gambling addiction as well. And, uh, uh, I'm definitely an addict through and through. And I don't say that with like a, you know, pride here, but I just know myself too well that when I enjoy something, I really, really enjoy it. You know, when I, I shouldn't even say enjoy, like, because the, when you, when I find pleasure in something, pleasure is different, you know, enjoying something and having true joy is one thing. It's like fulfillment almost, you know what I mean? That's, you know, you could find joy in certain things and it not it obviously not be a, have a negative connotation. But for me, when I find things that are pleasure, uh, pleasurable and release dopamine, I've got to be careful. I really, really do. And I'm very aware of that today. And I'm, and I'm fortunate. And, you know, I think the gambling addiction drove it home even more so than my drug addiction because I experienced that in sobriety. And it really made me look at it really made me look at um, addiction as a whole and not so much compartmentalizing, well, I have a drug addiction. No, I actually have a thinking problem. You know, like I, it wasn't so much a drug problem, it was a thinking problem. It was a mental problem. And the way that I process certain feelings that feel good to me can be very fucking dangerous. You know, and like I mentioned earlier, it doesn't mean that we can avoid, that we have to avoid uh, things in life, the pleasures of life, right? We just need to be very mindful about it because it can get out of hand really fast. If you are somebody like me, it can get out of hand really fucking quickly, you know? So not looking at alcoholism as an alcohol problem or a drug problem as a, uh, or I should say a drug addiction as a drug problem or a gambling addiction as a gambling problem. It, it is more of a thinking problem. It really is because it covers way more than the thing that is giving us dopamine. You know, it's more than that. So I hope that this podcast helped you. I know maybe I, I was a little all over the place today, but, um, it all, it all, you know, listen, one thing leads to the other. I, I started out with talking about drug addiction and, and one leading to, uh, many, and then it led more into almost like a gambling, uh, podcast. But, you know, that is a big part of my story too, that I don't nearly, I don't get into nearly as much as I probably should. Um, but I try to keep this to strictly drugs and alcohol because I know that is the majority of why people follow me and, and listen to me. But, it, it, but to my point that I'm jamming home here, addiction is addiction. You know, you could have a food addiction and get shit out of this podcast. You know, you could get something out of this episode. You just, you just have to trade. You just have to switch the object or the thing that you are having an issue with, you know. So 
that's all I have for you today. I hope you have a fantastic day. I hope you have a beautiful day. I hope you have a beautiful perspective, and I hope that um, life is, is fruitful and light for you today. And if it's not, look at it as an opportunity to grow. Look at it as an adversity, as something to overcome, not something to stop you in your tracks. So if you could share this with a friend or if you could rate this podcast, I'd greatly appreciate you. And, um, or I should say, I would greatly appreciate it. And I do greatly appreciate you for tuning in. Um, and if you are struggling with addiction, you can reach out to my direct line. That is 203-917-8862. Again, 203-917-8862. Much love. I will see you on the next one.